For Probation Services Week, we sat down with Probation Chief Marlon Yarber of Sacramento County to first hear about his professional journey and then to discuss how the work of probation has evolved, yet the mission has stayed the same, effectuating change to improve our communities. Hope you enjoy. Thank you for joining us, Chief Yarber. So Chief Yarber from Sacramento, you didn't have to come very far for for the visit today, but really still appreciate you taking the time out of your day to talk with us and really excited to jump in on, on just talking about our favorite topic probation, the people who work for us, uh, celebrating probation services week, all of the above. So Agreed. So I I do want to, um, you know, just jump right in because I think we're going to have a lot to talk about. And so let's just uh, kick it right off with a, um, you know, really easy question. Share us with us the background. How did you become oh, a probation officer? Yeah, yeah. easy, but uh, <laughs> often complicated, yes. just like, you know, the, the lives of those we touch. Uh, uh, you know, I did not set out to become a probation officer, certainly not to become chief either. Uh, kind of fell into the profession, as many of my colleagues, I think, uh, have expressed they've done themselves. Um, you know, I... I Think back to when I was a young person trying to figure out what it is I wanted to do. Uh, not unlike, you know, the the times now with um, people sort of questioning, you know, their their own identity, cultural identity, uh, some of the, you know, social justice related issues, nowhere near the levels that we see now. But uh, much of that, you know, I think in my formative years as well, and uh, this was probably the last thing you would have got me to say I wanted to, to do or become, you know, working in in criminal justice. Um, you know, as I as I've shared sometimes in a, with other groups and other settings, um, you know, my family, there are as many of us on this side of, of the bars as there are on this side with the badge. And, uh, you know, I remember, again, as a young person having a lot to say about the system, uh, whether it be disparities or just the way it worked. And um, some of my older family members on that side of the badge would, you know, sort of challenge me. It's like, well, you know, you, you seem somewhat smart and, um, you know, perhaps you could use that to, you know, help, you know, affect the change that you think, you know, should be brought about. And, uh, you know, nothing like a good challenge. And so um, that really led to my my interest in the work and kind of the, the foray into probation and uh, many of the reform efforts that I've touched, you know, along the way. Um, you know, I started my career, actually, I started uh uh, almost misspoke. I started in in '94 in Stanislaus County at the probation yeah. department, but prior to that, actually uh, got a job right out of school running a mentoring program for at-risk youth, and uh, had applied there, and had also applied at probation in Modesto at the same time. And uh, uh, the economy had just started to turn down. I think Stanislaus had a hiring freeze, and so I took that other job. And you know, they called a little while later, and were like, "Hey, you know, can we call you in six months?" As the story goes. And I had written down on the calendar, you know, six months to that day. And lo and behold, the phone rang, you know, literally six months to that day. And it was them. And that led to my my entree into probation and uh, really haven't looked back, though my, my career has been more of the circuitous route, if you will, as I did not stay in probation for the duration. 
Uh, I was with Stanislaus uh, just under five years. Um, loved it. You know, the old days, as they say. I'm from the bad old days. You know, I'll just call it what it is. Uh, uh, you know, you show up, uh, very little training. Uh, you know, it's, it's you know, here are your files and, you know, start making phone calls is, I think, mm-hmm. kind of my, my first day at work. And uh, we've learned so much more about our profession and, and our business since then. Uh, it's really kind of shocking that that's where we were. But, you know, you have to you have to start somewhere. Uh, so I worked there, uh, as I mentioned, four or five years, uh, then went to work for the state. So at the time, um, the Office of Criminal Justice Planning was hiring, I think, criminal justice specialists, I think might have been the classification. And, uh, you know, it paid more. It paid a whole lot more. Um, you know, it's funny. I, I uh, tell the story also to like our, our new hires who who uh, just do incredibly well with compensation. Uh, I started, I think, in that mentoring program, making like twelve twelve an hour, and uh, I remember vividly when the then chief deputy Jack Copeland called me from Stanislaus, uh, and I just said, "Hey, my price is higher now," and so he offered me twelve thirty six, and that's what you know got me to take the take the job ultimately. Uh, but so fast forwarding, you know, I went to work for, for the Office of Criminal Justice Planning and it was paying, you know, considerably more. And I always felt like, you know, I had the ability to uh, affect change, implement um, kind of what I, you know, describe in the way of reforms on a broader scale, thinking sort of statewide and, uh, you know, left probation uh, to take that job and uh, had a chance to do some interesting things, but all the while sort of keeping my connectivity uh, with probation. So I maintained my uh, professional memberships, things like CPPCA, you know, California yeah. Probation Parole Correctional Association. And uh, from there um, was exposed to and met uh, the then uh, executive director of the Board of Corrections, Tom McConnell, uh, who realized, you know, I was uh, volunteering some time, I think one day, it was a day off, and I was um, helping the office establish a sublease for the space to generate revenue. Uh, and from that literally led to a phone call from Tom's deputy director saying, hey, you know, Tom has met you, and uh, we think you'd be a great addition. And I'm like, I think I talked to that guy for 10 minutes, you know, and um, from that came a job opportunity at the Board of Corrections to do some really interesting things as it relates to probation specifically, uh, working on demonstration grants first, uh, then on mentally ill offender crime reduction grants. And, you know, that then transitioned into uh, the Juvenile Justice Crime Prevention Act or Crime Prevention Act 2000, as a lot of folks know it. And um, but again, kind of kept this uh, yearning, if you will, for probation work because, you know, you get uh, a little far afield from where the rubber meets the road and really having the satisfaction of seeing change. Uh, And so I always said to myself, you know, if the opportunity came about and I, you know, wouldn't lose too much compensation, but uh, also at that time, you know, not have to uproot my family or relocate, that I would, you know, consider a job back in probation. So, uh, in 2011 came an opportunity uh, to work in Yolo County as the then assistant chief and literally just a year later uh, being named interim chief, which you know, I certainly was not ready for now looking at it in retrospect, not, not ready at all, uh, but took that on and um, uh, knew that I would not ultimately get that job. You know, just uh, the dynamics, my own personal uh, challenges at the time with, you know, personal losses. I uh, knew that, you know, timing wasn't right. And so um, 
fast forwarding, uh, Sacramento County got a new chief probation officer and realizing, you know, he and I had colleagues, friends in common. And they said, well, you live in Sacramento, you know, you should think about Sacramento County, you know, you guys might make a really, really good team. And, uh, you know, uh, we'll only say, you know, I thought being assistant chief in Sacramento was the highlight of my career. You know, it's only been superseded or surpassed by uh, obviously being named chief just about two years ago now. And so uh, getting back to where the rubber meets the road, really getting, you know, your hands dirty, as I say, um, you know, when I reference that sort of original motivation with my family members kind of, you know, um, urging me on, there's nothing like rolling up your sleeves and, you know, getting your hands dirty. You know, it's easy to to complain or be a critic about something. It's a whole lot harder and much more um, noble and meaningful for you to sort of immerse yourself into it yourself. And, uh, you know, I'd like to think I've done some of that in my career. I love listening to your story, uh, Chief. Thank you for sharing it. I mean, in part because um, I feel like all of your stops in some ways are are kind of very similar to what I had been watching as I was, you know, kind of in and around policy development. You know, and I can hear in your voice the thing that I think is so uh, great about the profession of probation is the ability to affect change and in so many different ways, you know, so whether it is the demonstration projects at the BOC trying to uh, really get off the ground at the time, so groundbreaking under the JJCPA, the juvenile programs, which are now just the foundation of, of really what we do and everything that has kind of flowed from there and how it probably was a great fit for you because of where you started at the, you know, the, the mentoring and uh, with at-risk youth. And so would you say your heart has kind of been developed through the juvenile uh, side of things? Oh, absolutely. Uh, you know, um, I think so many of our, our uh, staff, uh, certainly my peers, many of us get into this profession for that reason, you know, a chance to work with youth, youth who we know, you know, have maybe made mistakes, but are uh, going to come through it and a chance to support them is, you know, through that that transition or that transformation is uh, truly rewarding. So yeah, it's certainly been shaped by, by um, that motivation, but also the opportunities to uh, connect kids to better services and supports. You know, you also mentioned in your introduction a little bit about the the evolution, you know, of probation and what what we've seen, which is also, I think, a really exciting thing. You've you you lay out a path that, um, while you know, your specifics are specific to you, but not all that different than a lot of uh, I know chiefs and others who have come to the profession. Right, you're drawn to wanting to see change. You know, you get there, and maybe it's it's kind of like there wasn't that much training to start with, and you know, you're just kind of using the best instincts. And, you know, now you look at today, things are a lot different. What what do you, what are some of the big differences that kind of stand out to you from when you started to, as you're welcoming a new class of uh, probation officers into Sacramento County, how, how the expectations, what the role, uh, you know, the tools available to us? Sure, sure. The, you know, it's uh, changed considerably. You know, I just swore in a group, I think, uh, Friday before last, so it's fresh in my mind. Uh, you know, our, our professions, I think, shape-shifted uh, numerous times over the decades now that I've been involved. Uh, seemingly this sort of endless ability uh, to, to be agile in the moment. Um, 
I can remember vividly, you know, I sort of talk about my, my first days uh, on the job. I can remember vividly just having a clipboard, uh, taking chronos, you know, notes by hand, in handwriting, and placing that into the file, uh, uh, making cold calls without really much training in, in MI or anything <laughs> that might, you know, help my abilities to engage. Uh, and now it's just, it's, it's night and day in terms of what we were able to teach our staff. Uh, you know, st- speaking specifically about, you know, our department, Sacramento, um, having trained everyone on, you know, adolescent brain development and how to become much more trauma involved and trauma responsive. Uh, we just had a class last week on, I think it was the, the secrets of effective change with clientele and, uh, you know, explaining that, you know, it's very difficult to break a habit and almost as difficult to start a new habit. And, you know, when you apply that to our population, uh, we get a better sense of why, uh, you know, failure is something that that we have to sometimes embrace and realize like it's part of a process to achieving that change that we all hope to see. Uh, In the early days, it was, um, you know, really we know best and, and just kind of the early stages of understanding collaboration and working with other other entities. And now it's, uh, you know, you fast forward and there have been uh, all sorts of initiatives, um, programs, changes in law, uh, and that, that uh, change is really embodied by things like, you know, public safety realignment with establishment of the CCP, the Community Corrections Partnership, when you think about our, our juvenile role and some of those uh, grant programs that we were speaking of, the establishment of the, I think it was, what was it, the uh, multi-agency juvenile justice coordinating, you know, these yes. long, long acronyms, but really about engagement, partnership, relationships at the highest levels to ensure that collaboration continued and really was uh, actualized at the lowest levels where we know, you know, it's so important to, to be effective with our efforts. Uh, now we we're, you know, in this realm where we have so much more data, so much more uh, in the way of tools that help us with regards to identifying what our individual clients needs, better better assessment tools, uh, better treatment modalities, you know, well-researched right. sort of, you know, gold standard with regards to those efforts that really help pinpoint how to affect change. And for it, you know, I think our outcomes are, are much more improved. You know, it even though there has been a pretty significant evolution, as as you were just noting, do you think the mission of probation has changed in that time frame? You know, the mission has not. Uh, you know, I think the, the, the methods, the tools certainly have improved, but I think the mission's always been about change. Uh, you know, we do that. We, we really work at trying to balance, you know, accountability and opportunity, as we say. Uh, and that has not changed. That mission has still uh, has remained. You know, it, it stood the test of time. But how we get there, I think, has. And uh, I think as we learn more about our own abilities, we learn more about human behavior, more specifically about how adolescents develop, uh, that's informed our, our ability to address their individual needs. You know, when we, when we look at so many of our cases and you start to peel back the layers and understand maybe, you know, why someone has now, um, you know, committed a crime and come to the attention of the court, uh, it, it's it's uh, much better directed to get at those sort of reasons and those causative factors than just paying attention to the behavior itself. It's often not the thing. 
Right, right. And and that's that's one of the things as you were talking, it did strike me as, well, you look at it, the mission itself hasn't changed, you know, the effectuating change, the the support of of somebody going through that journey of change. Uh, while at the same time, you know, with the goal of, you know, making sure that the community is safe as, as a part of that. The tools uh, maybe have changed and improved. And um, and I and I wonder if that's in part why it also seems like the, the big change since probably when you started to what we're looking at now is the mission is being applied in a lot of other applications that now kind of probation is is trying to uh, to help assist with in, in a variety of, of ways. So uh, how has that been? And and especially as presiding over that in the leadership position, sure. how do you how do you meet those challenges in the different areas? All right. So uh, it's funny, you know, when when I'm traveling, you know, I think as, as some of the chiefs will, will share, like people ask, you know, well, what do you do? And, uh, you know, I never tell them I'm a chief. I just say, you know, I'm a probation officer. You know, if it gets to that point, I say, I'm a, you know, I work for the county first. And then I'm like, oh, let's see, you know, well, what, what county department? Let's see what they know. Uh, and then, you know, you, you share that you're a probation. I was like, oh, that must be tough working with that clientele. And that just, you know, you guys don't get paid enough to do what you do. And thank you for what you do. And people really have no understanding, you know, and it's so it's like when I share with my my extended family members, like, you know, well, what's your day like? Well, you know, I'm working on recruitment or, uh, you know, a budget or reading some research. Oh, we have this lease agreement we're trying to negotiate, like very, really very little to do with what probation officers actually do at this stage. Uh, but but you're absolutely right. You know, the the work has evolved. Uh, you know, I remember sort of back to those early days again, it just, just sort of the, you know, let's find out the status of each case, document each case, provide them something, give them a class or remind them to go to school. Don't do the bad thing that brought you again That's to the right. court's attention. That was really kind of all we did. And now, you know, fast forwarding, you know, we, you know, started to adopt more of this law enforcement identity, uh, really pursuing more of the uh, enforcement mindset leading to, you know, more arrests, which are important, but, but are, again, are not everything. And so we see now, again, this sort of evolution, like not losing sight of that ability because it's a, an important piece of our, our mission. But now, as I mentioned, sort of, you know, uh, peeling back the onion, understanding trauma, understanding the brain science, uh, understanding social determinants of health and looking at, you know, conditions in the community. And, you know, sometimes it's, you know, a meal that might change someone's trajectory or it's connection to job training. And so, uh, you know, as probation officers, we're, we're pressed because, you know, I always say like, but we're just probation officers. But, you know, and meanwhile, we have to learn, you know, what are the uh, the uh, mental health uh, DSM four diagnoses? We have to be able to navigate that. Right. Uh, the medications that come along with with that diagnosis. Uh, you know, how do you connect someone to community college? Well, you know, I'm just a probation officer, but we are yet then you know tasked with that responsibility as well. And oh, you know, uh, can you connect this person to a job? And it's like, well, I can maybe you know tell you who's hiring, and so uh, evolve. And fast forwarding, it's, you know, building vocational training and programs within our operations, which I think is what many of, many of the probation, office, 
probation departments statewide have accomplished. Uh, that just speaks to our, again, our ability to be agile. Yeah, agile, adapt, all the things that really are important for a successful probation officer and a probation department for sure. Um, and, and it seems like, you know, again, going back to affecting change is at the heart of the mission. And what we've learned are there are tools now to help us affect that change. And, and some of that is about the providing the opportunities. That's probably a lot of what came through with, with a lot of the most recent reforms. But um, you also mentioned opportunity balanced against accountability. So what does accountability mean in the context of probation and affecting change? Sure, sure. Uh, it, it's an important part of our tool, of our toolkit. Um, you know, I can only say, you know, for myself, uh, it's important for, for uh, many individuals knowing that there is, uh, you know, a piece that you're accountable to, maybe it's accountable to yourself or to others, uh, can really be motivating. You know, we, we often will talk with our clientele, particularly like those who've graduated programs, both adults and juvenile. And oftentimes they'll cite the probation officer as the person or the thing that uh, helped propel them to making that that lasting change. And uh, we'll often comment, you know, and, you, you know, you held me accountable when I had that misstep, but you also didn't lose sight of, you know, I needed help up. And, uh, you know, those things are really important because you never really know what it is that will help someone uh, get through that period of transformation. Um Excuse me. So many of our 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 clients will uh, point to an individual. Uh, you know, when I think back to some of those early demonstration grants that I referenced, you know, there were sort of differences in regards to the outcomes, just given each jurisdiction and what they sure. were implementing. But the common thread that I have always taken away it was the the caring adult or the caring or supportive individual. Often, you know, many times that's the probation officer. It's really that is what has affected change. And so for our, our staff, it's so much about uh, engagement, uh, relationship building, again, recognizing and understanding that people, you know, will make mistakes uh, as they figure it out, as we say. Uh, and that's also the message, you know, for our, our brand new staff. It's that, you know, we all we not only expect that, uh, you know, they understand that about the clientele, but that they also understand that about themselves. Like we expect them to, you know, push the envelope and try new things and, you know, fully engage in training. And, you know, it's OK if you fail. Uh, you know, the idea is that you get back up and that's the same principle we apply to our our target population. Now, that's a, an important point, right? And you referenced it now a couple of times in your comments that failure is going to be a part of the process of change, Correct. right? You know, and so, um, you know, how to... How do you how do you deal with that failure in the in a case with with a probationer? Sure, sure. So uh, it's about um, applying the appropriate level of response to that failure, recognizing you know, okay, is this a, you know a relapse? Is a, then is it you know redirecting and sending someone back? through, uh, let's say, a treatment program, drug treatment, which is often the case. Uh, sometimes that can be the thing to, that that really gets someone attention, you know, with the idea that, oh, you know, if you're not doing this, there are, you know, graduated responses, if you will, that, that might help um, establish that motivation. Uh, but it's really just about sort of uh, not losing sight, being very responsive to the nature of the of the violation, if you mm -hmm. will, or the or the misstep uh, and not uh being too heavy handed, but just being appropriate, if you will. 
Right. Making sure people uh, understand, you know, that they need to remain accountable in order to really effectuate change, you know, and um, but that that uh, failure doesn't have to mean the worst possible, you know, outcome of that, you know, uh, violation um, necessarily. So um, so those those balances require a pretty good um, hand from a probation officer to kind of discern when is the the right uh, the right time to be to be looking at the various different um, you know uh, options available to them. So we ask our probation officers to do a lot to be a master of a lot of uh, trades. Here it seems like is Correct. that fair to say? Very fair. Uh, again, I reference you know that. Uh, officers today have to know something about every other partner in the system. And uh, typically in the court setting, we are the subject matter expert for those who are not part of the court process. So we're answering questions about treatment, answering questions about mental health, answering questions about status with school or vocation. And, uh, you know, has the person, you know, missed any appointments or, you know, completed the treatment modality? That's often us providing and sharing that information and speaking with, you know, enough knowledge that the court and trusts us as part of the decision-making process. Um, dealing with different uh, groups um, and, you know, the the need for collaboration. I mean, it's, it's almost like a buzzword, a throwaway buzzword for a lot of people, but it seems as though probation, as a, as a profession, but, you know, even individually, that officer has to collaborate, has to connect with a variety of different people because they're they're not the one necessarily, you know, um, uh, delivering mental health services, for example, or or maybe not, you know, the specific person teaching someone uh, how to become a welder or how to, you know, uh, get enrolled in college if that's what is needed. So why, well, one, would you say collaboration is a key important role for a probation officer? And two, why do you think that they're good at it? Because it does seem like we hear a lot about that. Yeah. The, the, uh, why we're good at it, I'm not really sure other than, you know, it's part of it is survival, uh, just given the, the nature of our business and, and how, uh, complex human beings are and their challenges. I, you know, I think it, we really want to be the best at that job and recognizing, again, failure is part of the equation, uh, you know, it necessitates that we've got to have some working knowledge of all of those aspects. Uh, you know, as to the the importance of collaboration, you know, it, it starts really at the highest levels. You know, I referenced, um, you know, some of what's uh, identified in statute in the way of, you know, the bodies that are important right. at the executive level. Uh, and I can vividly remember uh, coming into the department, Sacramento County Probation Department, in 2013 as assistant chief. And one of my first meetings, I believe, was uh, on ACA, the Affordable Care Act. And oh, so, uh, you know, not uh, not only am I, you know, learning probation, learning a new boss, learning a new jurisdiction and county and, you know, all of the staff, but I'm engaged with partners that I, you know, hadn't really 
contemplated a ton at the time. Sure. And so we're working with public health, uh, you know, trying to figure out how to embed nurses and eligibility specialists and, uh, you know, mental health clinicians into our operation, something, you know, that, that we've done and have found uh, very rewarding and, and, and really conducive to our effectiveness. But, you know, that's sort of the, the degree in which uh, collaboration is key. Uh, you know, it has to be uh, both supported by leadership, but also effectuated by the staff who are, again, connecting our clients to the supports. Uh, we've been very fortunate here in Sacramento County, and you know, we work very well together across all of the various systems, system uh, partners, if you will. Uh, and uh, embedding staff in our operations has helped us. We, in turn, have uh, embedded officers and in other uh, initiatives as well. You know, years ago, it was just about, you know, oh, we might have signed a, a probation officer to this task force, you know, and uh, though we still do those things, again, very important that we not lose sight of that. Now it's, uh, you know, we might actually embed the officer so that the other law enforcement agencies can see and feel how we do our work. Right. Uh, embedding officers and things like, you know, locally our, our Black Child Legacy Campaign program so that the other partners can see how probation works. Uh, we think there are so many lessons to be taken from uh, both our approach, but also uh, the tools that we bring, understanding that it's, you know, not just a, a, a lock them up uh, attitude or approach. It's about meeting clients where they are and being able to support them and, again, provide that balance. And that's important, not just for the the person individual that you're dealing with, but also for, you know, kind of returning somebody to the community that can can then also benefit from that. And then just the public safety that that comes along with uh, with having that in place. I think that's the thing that for me, at least, is always so rewarding in working with probation and on the policies that probation touches is that. You just don't really know exactly where you will end up kind of making that difference, but it does seem like making a difference is at the core of the mission as well. But it's not an easy job, you know, right? And it's not an True. easy uh, path. And so uh, uh, people who you mentioned, you know, uh, part of your day might be about recruitment and, and trying to uh, talk folks into to uh, finding a rewarding uh, life with uh, within the probation department. And so, you know, we're here celebrating uh, probation services week and the people that uh, that work for you and carry out this mission. You know, if you could take some of the things that uh, as you're thinking about recruitment, how would you talk to somebody who's maybe that person who's trying to decide, do I take that job in Stanislaus or, mm. or stay, you know, with the with the at risk um mentoring uh, that you're doing? How do, how do you talk somebody into coming into the yeah, profession? Yeah, that's a, a great question. You know, I, I um, sometimes find myself recruiting people who, you know, as you say, are sometimes either on the fence or uh, I will also flip the conversation on those folks who are often critics of, of what we do and uh, will really challenge them in a sense the same way that I was challenged. And it's, you know, if you really want to give back, you know, it's not enough just to complain about something, mm -hmm. like come do something about it. Like we share this community, like all of our clientele, they're all coming home to a community that you and I share with them. And so to really support both public safety, but also those individuals, why don't you immerse yourself in the work that we do and help uh, bridge that gap rather than just, again, sort of being the person that complains. Right. 
Right. A lot easier to throw rocks than to build the house. Agreed. Um, Agreed. But, you know, but that's, you know, you have a unique perspective because you might have been uh, someone who wasn't so sure about the system itself. And so kind of coming into it. And would you say at this point now, looking back in your career, that you are happy about the choices that you made and that you feel like you're accomplishing the things that you wanted to see your life accomplished by working within probation? I think so. Uh, you know, I'm not done yet. That's the only hesitancy. That's, that's is that for the, sure. There's still a <laughs> there's, lot there's more to do, There's so right? much to do. Um, you know, again, uh, the the highlight of my career for certain uh, at this point and just thinking through uh, both the the ideas that I have that I'm working on with my team really, you know, at this very moment, uh, things that I'm hopeful for as we enter the county's budget cycle here. Uh, I'll be hearing, I, li- I think, literally next week, uh, you know, looking forward to uh, building out more comprehensive programming for our youth and custody. Obviously, um, you know, DJJ realignment, Division of Juvenile Justice realignment being such a, an important task for all of us. Uh, and as I say, recognizing that all of those kids are coming home, uh, it's important that we connect them to, you know, all of the the tools, all of the options and services that will support, you know, not just re-entry, because I think that's kind of overstating it. Mm-hmm. It's really more integration well, back into the point. community. Uh, and so with that, you know, comes again, uh, whether it be higher education for them, as I will message to many of our youth, you know, education is a game changer. So, you know, it's on us to connect you to that opportunity, but you have to yourself take advantage of it. Or, uh, you know, maybe it's a career technical education pathway or just a, a vocational pathway. And so uh, trying to ensure those things are provided to, to kids, uh, you know, really, really uh, important, but also rewarding when you see it start to start to take shape. Uh, similarly, with with, you know, many of our adults, um, you know, if you can change an adult's uh, engagement, uh, recognizing that, you know, it may not start out positive, there may be questions at the onset, but if you can um, be persistent with services to the point where uh, they maybe change perspectives about who we are and what we do, and uh, again, take full advantage of the opportunities we provide, uh, it can be a game changer, uh, change their trajectory in life not just for them, uh, but also, um, you know, for their children, for anyone in their household, changes the way their community thinks about them, changes their own perspective, again, as, as it relates to the system. So uh, lots of things on the horizon for us. You know, we've, we've never um, uh, had a, I think, fully operational mental health unit in probation. Mm-hmm. So I'm um, excited about the prospect of standing something up that is a much more uh, – robust uh, response to what I think is a a growing need here in Sacramento and uh, our ability to support the court more in that mission, I think will will go a long way towards our our public safety goals. Uh, Additionally, uh, the mobile service units, uh, you know, we're a recipient of of some grant funds in that regard and are excited about, you know, what it might mean for the county here. Uh, not just to, you know, uh, go back to the point, but again, pushing the envelope with regards to what probation officers do uh, and recognizing, you know, our own uh, sort of political acumen, if you will, of, you know, what are the major issues and areas of concern and where do we fit in this, if at all? And, you know, some of our clients obviously dealing with 
uh, homelessness and being unhoused and uh, perhaps our ability to connect them to those services uh, can prevent someone perhaps from coming into custody and, you know, taking up a, a jail bed, as I say, for those that we're, we're afraid of, not necessarily those that we're just mad at for the moment. That's a great way to put it. <laughs> um, you know, I, I think about, you know, it's always there's always challenges ahead. You know, there's always things that you wonder, are we going to, you know, hit some bumps in the road going forward with the mission? Um, anything that kind of keeps you up at night? Oh, there's lots. <laughs> I know. <laughs> That's probably not fair to ask a chief because I know that there's a lot that uh, keeps you up at night. There's, but globally. There's maybe. lots. Uh, you know, uh, just speaking on uh, today's issue, yeah, like sure. worried about contraband coming into the facility and, uh, right. you know, not to go too far down that road, but uh, effectuating an arrest over the weekend with someone attempting to do so. Oh. Uh, uh, you know, I worry about um, uh, the officers who are, you know, part of those teams that I reference and embedded with other agencies and wanting them not to lose sight of who we are. You know, our identity, I think, is so key and wanting them to, to obviously be uh, strong, but also exercise their own leadership with regards to that, that messaging and, and uh, our mission, if you will. Uh, Many other challenges, just given you know so much attention of late on probation, and uh, curious where the legislature will try to take things. As uh, we're often caught in the crosshairs with many of the reform efforts, not that we can't figure it out, but uh, right now, I think the thing that keeps me up is uh, recognizing the implementation fatigue within my own team, and just sure. bracing for whatever might be next on the horizon. And you know, are we able to to meet yet another you know monumental uh, landmark change uh, with regards to the system. Yeah, no, I mean, those are all things that I think, you know, many of your um, colleagues share in in some of those those challenges that uh, that keep them up at night and know they will need to have some answers for, you know. Um, so what gives you the most hope for the future mm. for probation? <sighs> The thing that I believe generates the most hope in my mind is that um, we're very clear about who we are. Um, you know, we we I, I you know think about examples sometimes, like at our board of supervisors or another you know real public settings. Uh, it's great when someone else talks about your work and says, oh, they're, you know, probation, they're fantastic. You know, they're like social workers with guns. And I kind of cringe at those comments <laughs> or, uh, you know, when someone says like, oh, your, your juvenile hall could become an STRTP. It is so well run. You know, when I hear those things, it's kind of like, ah, you know, um, I always say we just wear one hat and that hat says probation. That's what we do. That's who we are. Uh, that's the thing that gives me the most hope is the fact that, you know, we we fully embrace our identity and realize, you know, we are essentially the Swiss Army knife in the system. There isn't anything we can't figure out. And um, because of it, you know, whether the challenges be yet another segment of the uh, justice involved population that comes our way or yet the latest, you know, reform that we get uh, tasked with. Um, very much uh, confident that there isn't anything we can't figure out. And I think that comes back to just being very clear about our identity and our role. 
Absolutely. And, and what a great thing to think about um, as we celebrate, you know, our profession and the people who occupy it and uh, and do so with such honor and innovation and, um, you know, the ability to really affect change in their communities is uh, it's pretty rewarding. You know, I know there's there are times where there's a lot on the plate and shoulders, um, but, uh, you know, I don't think I've seen a challenge in in my time working with probation that they haven't uh, been able to meet. And that's uh, a blessing and a curse, I suppose. But uh, but one that I, I much prefer us to be working under than uh, the opposite of that. So um, so that that is fantastic. I'm curious if there is anything when you think back about just celebrating the, the week and just kind of reflecting on our mission and, and where we are, if there's if there's anything that I haven't asked you today that you wanted to kind of share with us. Oh, um, because I'm sure there's plenty of things that I haven't <laughs> asked, but you know we do have limited time, correct. and so I certainly try to to get hit a few top. Correct. Uh, you know, change is hard. Uh, I kind of you know I sat through that class that I referenced the the secrets to affecting change, and uh, or becoming secrets to becoming effective change agents. I think yeah. is the title. I sat through I think three fourths of that class, about three hours, and. Uh, I just reminded that change is very difficult. You know, even the 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 best of us, perhaps who are you know well adjusted, uh, we struggle with bad habits. We struggle to you know get off the couch and start that exercise regime that's been you know looming now since since the the New Year's resolution, perhaps. Just saying, uh, <laughs> just talking for a friend, <laughs> just talking for a friend, right? Uh, and so you know when you when you remember that, and then again you you understand what is going on in so many of our communities, uh, you have a little bit more understanding as it relates to the the monumental effort, again, uh, being a little more considerate of failure, but also understanding that, you know, were it not for me, were it not for the officer, this person might not ever be connected to the opportunity to even, you know, consider that change. Uh, there are so many stories you know, amongst our clientele, you know, I, I uh, uh, was just doing an interview with the Sacramento News and Review and talked about a couple folks, you know, a couple cases that I'm familiar with. And uh, there are so many of those, you know, whether it's um, our staff who are sometimes the the mentor or the, the key to that change or the person that maybe, you know, reminded them about accountability being part of the, the, the mission and an option, certainly. Uh, but there's so many stories where people have turned it around. You know, I think about the, the um, you know, young lady who I think maybe now 17, maybe now 18 years old who, you know, at 14 was, you know, addicted to heroin and methamphetamines and, uh, you know, experienced a, a, a period of, you know, sex trafficking, you know, and um, really being off the grid and, and unaccounted for and, you know, lo- losing touch with family and friends, uh, you know, but comes to the attention of law enforcement, you know, gets arrested. And, uh, you know, you, you never truly understand, you know, how that event can change someone. But uh, that arrest can sometimes lead to, you know, someone doing a complete 180. And, you know, I think 
think about this one particular case I have in mind. And, uh, you know, the young lady, you know, subsequently, I think, uh, became pregnant, obviously at a very young age and uh, placed on probation and, um, you know, were able to connect her with housing that provided supports, connect her with, you know, drug treatment that got her clean and sober, you know, prior to to the child being born, which is, you know, fantastic. And uh, when you talk to her today, you know, she says it's probation that, you know, helped her through that. And it's like, without us, like, okay, where would she be? But also where would this new child be? And so when I talk about sort of the, the ability to impact change, you know, you can truly see it on a generational level when you think about those examples. And uh, there's so many more that, um, you know, are indicative of the same, just, um, you know, you never really, you know, quite appreciate how long lasting our impact will be. Well, and often there's so many people who are in need of the services and, you know, probation officers will go through and work those caseloads, make those changes. And, you know, much like teachers, sometimes you don't even know in years down the line what, you know, something, you know, you could have done that did change the trajectory or make a lasting impression. And it seems like that's one of the great things about the work. Um, and, you know, also kind of the humbleness of the people who do occupy the, the profession in, in a lot of ways. So I appreciate that we've had some time to illuminate some of that. And, and I knew you would do a great job in uh, doing that. So um, we do like to ask folks, if you weren't doing this, oh, yeah. what would you what would what do you see yourself doing? Not oh, that I'm trying to drive anybody out no, of the profession. We want it the opposite, but just to get all. to know you. Yeah, this is, uh, you know, certainly one of those things in your down time, you think about, like, hmm, what could I be doing? Uh, so, you know, some folks know I'm a bit of an amateur chef. Uh, I'll just say oh. barbecue aficionado is probably oh, okay. more, more accurate. Well, I don't know how we got from amateur just, chef just, to barbecue yeah, yeah, aficionado. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, <laughs> I, I uh, am all about the research, the science around smoky meats, as I say. Uh, it is a thing of mine. I've shared with some other chiefs and turned them on to some websites for, you know, more information if they'd like it and uh, receive some nice report backs, which is which is very satisfying. Uh, but, you know, you might think like, oh, you know, maybe you'd be, uh, you know, a chef or a cook. And, you know, my wife says I'm, I'm much too slow in the kitchen to actually do that. <laughs> like I'm, I'm very methodical and I'm, I'm from the low and slow school of barbecue, if you will. So good things take time. Uh, and so, no, it would not be that. Um, I, I uh, often think, you know, it would be sports journalism would be my thing. Uh, I'm a huge sports fan, everything. I watch it all. Like, you know, ESPN 8 is sometimes (laughs) on in my household. um, Ocho. Oh, yeah, yeah, Ocho. Ocho. Correct, correct. (laughs) And so, you know, if it's the high dive belly flop competition or, you know, it's the NBA playoffs, which is, you know, got my full attention right now, I think I'd be writing about those things and, you know, watching the games, of course. (laughs) Well, I knew that about the sport. And uh, definitely some b- ways that we uh, we connect. What I didn't know was about the aficionado and the barbecue. And I wish I had because, you know, um, my oven went out a day before Christmas Eve ah. this year. And I was supposed to be making prime ribs. So I had to do it on the barbecue, never having done anything like that before. And while I am not an aficionado, it turned out fantastic. And I was just dumb luck. You should have called <laughs> But now <me>. I know. <laughs> <laughs> who to call when that happens next time. Absolutely. So, you know, those of us in the barbecue world, uh, I think there's a saying like, you know, don't don't fool yourself. It's really just an outdoor oven. Yeah. <laughs> 
that's a great point. Well, see, there is all sorts of new and fun things that we learned uh, today. And I really appreciate, again, your time. And uh, thank you for uh, sharing your thoughts. Most importantly, not just on smoky meats, but also <laughs> on really the uh, low and slow uh, that we need to apply to the work of probation. Of and, course. Uh, and yes, I know very apropos. Others will appreciate it yeah, as well. No, thank you for having me. Lots of fun. 